Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part four in our conversation on God's love. We hope you enjoy. And so slowing down and quieting my soul is where I remember who I am and often where God meets me in that space where I'm like, man, I'm a human being. I'm loved by God. And so I could say more, but I'll I'll, I'll pause there and um, want to hear a little bit from you. What does that look like for you? Um, Well, the acceptance of God's love in my own life has been, um, I think, incredibly hard as an understatement. It's something I didn't believe for a really long time. Like there was, there's a season of life of my life where, um, having grown up in the church, it was just kind of like one of those things like, yeah, the sky is blue. God loves me. Mm. Uh, pizza's awesome. It was just one of those things. It was just there. I, it was, a, I knew it in my head. I didn't, uh, I didn't believe it for myself. I knew it was true and wanted it to be true for other people. And I wanted it to be true for myself. Uh, but there was, it was just kind of like, uh, there was like this gap between what I knew to be true and what I believed and held fast to for like, for comfort. Hmm. Um, there is a, I, when I came on staff here at the refuge, I feel like that was one of those things that I battled with for like three years of just like wanting this thing. And like, for, it went from like this, this phase of like denying that it could happen. Um, wanting it to be true for others, but just not being able to like understand or agree that it would ever happen for me. Like there's verses in the Bible that would just, that, that would just tear me apart. And it's, uh, there's a part where I should probably just, I, I need to memorize this a little bit better. It's uh, people come to Jesus and say, we've done all these good things for you. We've accomplished these wonderful things in your name. And Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. And I thought that's, that's how I would be, ex- how I would be rejected when I died. Mm. Like, it was just kind of like, I, I, because there would be something that I just didn't know, or like, there was like this little secret that you had to tap into to become a, to become a real follower mm-hmm. of Christ and like truly one of his, one of his beloved. Um, and it just felt like there was just like, I, the rug was going to get pulled out from underneath me at the last moment where I would live a, a really good life, but I would be like one of those examples um, to all other believers of just like, this is someone who does all these good things, says he believes, maybe tries to believe, but just doesn't quite understand it clearly. And so therefore he doesn't make it. Um, and you felt like you, you felt like you're saying for a long time that that was you. Yeah, for sure. Like there was always this, tension or frustration. Like I was, it was all, it was living in this constant fear of, I desperately want to believe in Jesus, but I am 100% sure that I'm not doing it right. And therefore, because I'm like, and and I hear the, the, uh, the issue there is because it's a me focused thing where it's, I have to do these things. So God loves me. Um, And where that started to break, where that started to break down um, was honestly, seeing people who I thought and who I know and saw examples of them loving me well. Um, my wife, um, Tom Thompson, uh, people in my life who've been in my, in my life for a while, 
showing, showing me love and um, trusting me with things and seeing how like they forgave um, my mistakes, um, trusting me with things that were really important, like life's work. Like when, um, when I start, when I was the men's director in Columbus, um, that's essentially like, it's when you're trusted with other men's welfare and, in life like that's a that's a pretty big thing and being trusted with that uh from other men who loved god and then saying i'm like them telling me that like i'm like i love you and i want you to do this and i trust you to do it that was that was big for me and in in experiencing kind of realizing that i experienced god's love through other people first because i didn't think that god would love me um that's what other people modeling god's love to me is what helped me believe that god's love is true and i know that that can sound like fairly close to just i I would call it humanism where it's like the solution is through people but it was i through this period of time where i wanted to experience god's love and i it uh it started it started happening more and more where I could notice it in the quiet times when I was working through, like saying the things that I didn't believe about myself, but I believed for other people. Like when my, as my kids are getting older, that is even more and more real where it's just, I can't, I can't love them the way God does. And so it's just kind of, but I want my kids to experience this. And there's like sometimes a disconnect between what I hope they see and what they actually do see and believe. And I know that that is in a very small way, similar to how God loves me, but sometimes I just can't see it. But that doesn't mean that I don't love them. Just because they can't see it doesn't mean I don't love them. If they don't understand it, it doesn't mean that I don't love them. It's like seeing those examples of other people in my relationships has really helped put words to this feeling, that gap I was talking about where I did not believe that God would love me. I knew he loved like loved me because he had to, but that shift from being, he loved me because he wants to um, has that's, been really slow. That's huge though, isn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all struggle with that to some degree. I mean, I don't think you're alone. I mean, yeah. There's this sense with a lot of people that are, would do call themselves Christians, myself included, that I think a lot of us grow up when we hear about God's love and we hear about love and all this, like, it's almost like God begrudgingly. Yeah. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I'll invite you into this story, um, but I don't really want to. Mm. And I don't think that's true. I really don't. I don't think that's true. Mm -hmm. And I think, I, I believe now that I think that's a part of why God made us is so that we could enjoy the perfect relationship that God has within himself as being father, son, and spirit. God's always existed in these perfect relationships of self-giving love, father, son, spirit for all of time, perfectly in relationship. God's not narcissistic because God's never been one. There's this, this, you know, Christian theology teaches about the Trinity, 
the Trinity being Father, Son, and Spirit. And I think a lot of us, we might think, well, why is that important? It's important because of God's relational nature. God has ex- always existed as Father, Son, and Spirit, which means God, it's not that God just loves himself. It's that God loves, shows his love to the you know Father, showing it to the Son, Son, showing it to the Spirit. Spirit. It's, it's this, this perfect relational ecosystem of love and grace that we see even in God himself. And so I think when God made us, he wanted to invite us into that, into that perfect community, that, that loving community, not begrudgingly, not mm. reluctantly, but intentionally. Um, I, I just, I believe that's true. And I believe that's good. Mm. I believe that's a good story. I believe that's a good reality. And, and that's the invitation um, that the Bible gives us. That's the invitation I think that God gives us. This perfect, loving community. Um, Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with part five in our conversation. We'll see you then.